0: I was
1: in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was gonna die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. Today, I wanna welcome Rocky Lagrone. He is a seasoned sales development expert with over 25 years of experience in sales development and training. As a sales veteran, Rocky has worked with numerous sales teams across various industries, focusing on areas such as individual rep evaluation and analysis uh, development, in-depth training, sales management, customer service, and leadership. Rocky emphasizes refining and building a a complementary sales strategy aligned with a company's core products, services, goals, and objectives to achieve maximum ROI. Throughout his career, Rocky has collaborated with over 1,000 companies of different sizes, finding that transition and change in business are both challenging and inevitable. He excels in environments undergoing evolution, such as new product offerings, leadership changes, techno- technological advancements, and shifting business landscapes. So, um I got a chance to talk to Rocky a number of months ago and you know it turns out we you know it's a small world. It's a really small world. I was introduced to him by somebody in Florida. It turns out that we both know somebody here in Austin, Texas. And um and so it's a real joy to talk to Rocky. Rocky, welcome.
0: Thank you, Craig. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I appreciate the invitation and uh I hope we can uh, help your listeners learn something today and give them a good show.
1: Yeah, excellent. So let, let's start back at our kind of our common bond. When we, you know, when when we first talked, I think it was, I think what happened, you asked me where I was and I said, Austin, you said, well, you know, somebody in Austin and you asked me, do you know Roy Williams? Yeah. Is that how that worked out?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... I think you had mentioned something about the Wizard of Ads or um, Roy himself, and um, I had spent some time with Roy. I think it was back in '96 or '97. I was part of an organization of kind of a uh, a bunch of guys that are all doing the same thing in the self-development business, and we were looking for you know some marketing ideas and tools and. One of them found Roy and uh, Roy invited us for a three day weekend down in Austin. Uh, I think it was about 15 of us. We were kind of like a, you know, internal fiefdom network. Um, And man, what an impressive guy. Um, I still remember the exercise he started with. Uh, I bought the book. I became a subscriber to Roy. I've been a fan. Since then, and we've done everything we can to spread his word to our clients. And actually, I think there's a lot of sales application and sales management applications from those experiences and stories. I'll, I'll never forget one thing that that Roy told back then was when you're doing marketing and advertising, if you're not upsetting at least 10% of the people, you're not doing it well. Yeah. Yeah yeah and and you know there's there's something that,
1: again and, and you know so Rocky and I drink from the same fountain, so don't be surprised if we say some of the same things, but one of the things that uh I've heard Roy say is when the record industry is uh testing a new record before they release it, if fifteen percent of the test audience doesn't absolutely despise the record, they get worried, yeah. But if they have 15% of the p- test audience passionately hate the, the record, they know it will be a big hit.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting positive-negative, right? I remember, too, sitting in that class, um, and one of the things he said was every individual can remember at least six, was it 60,000 songs that we have in our head that we've learned throughout our life, and we can hear it, and we know it. And we know the words as long as they're playing, but we can't always sing it by ourselves. But that the memory from sound it just goes so deep, and it's so viable. Um, and of course, you know that's communication, and that's you know obviously part of what the sales industry has to be really good at. Yeah, yeah, and so
1: you know and that actually brings out a really interesting question. We're obviously going to jump around a little bit, but what you just said—that's the importance of sound. And uh, I'm sure your inbox is like my inbox. I I get solicitations every day, and there's no sound, obviously, you know, unless they do a, a video, which most of them don't. Right. But, um, yeah. What's your take on that? I mean, from a sales perspective, if you were coaching people,
0: yeah,
1: recognizing the importance of sound and knowing that they have a they have an email address and they're, they're happy to use it. What would be your advice to a salesperson?
0: Oh, well, obviously it could vary depending on, you know, what they're selling, what industry they're in, what markets are going after, what type of clients are trying to get. But it's really interesting that we all have learned the communications pie. And we know that, you know, the, the words or the sounds and the auditory is, you know, what, 25 to 28% of communication. And we've all heard, hey, it's not what you said, it's how you said it that upset me. And I hear that from my wife from time to time. And uh, I'm sure we all do from people. But uh, the, the pace, the tone, the, the command tonality versus questioning tonality versus curious and, and becoming an expert with that and being able to match your client obviously is one of those kind of subliminal things that helps them see that you are like them. And obviously that's important. The The emails that we get, the LinkedIn, the posts, there's social media, there's so much noise. And so if I was coaching salespeople, which we do every day, I really want to focus them on referrals. You know, for, for anybody out there today, if you look at your last week of activity or your team's last week, how many referrals did they get? And more importantly, how many referrals did they give? Because whatever you want out of life, you give first and then you get back. Mm -hmm. And salespeople just don't take advantage of that. Sales managers don't coach to that. Leaders don't put together contests and exciting ways to get the team excited about doing those things that are uncomfortable. And then when you're going to those referrals or asking for them, you can't just sound like, you know, less Nester on Groundhog Day, which is coming up next Friday, right? You know, hey, I, I, I'm 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 going to live off referrals, and I'm going to expect you to give me three by the end of the meeting. That's just that's just stupid, and that doesn't work anymore. But there are ways to go about doing that that is not offensive, that doesn't make you look and sound like salesperson. The manager, obviously, role playing and practicing and getting people comfortable doing that stuff is important. And then the leaders, you know, whatever you inspect, you expect. And there's not enough of that going on from the top down. So uh, I don't know how we got here from the sound, but it is uh, critical that we break through that noise. And when we get at bats, we are the person that they want to spend time with.
1: You know, anybody that's been on my podcast or, you know, a lot of people that they know that once it's over, I'll, I'll ask, you know, how can I send business your way? You know, what, what can I do? And it's interesting, there's a percentage of people that never ask back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's easy to kind of get my feelings hurt and say, well, I just took care of you. You're not going to care about me. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that hit me somewhere along the way was really what what I'm doing. Part of the reason I do podcasting is to meet people like you and, and to build relationships, And so I think as we're building relationships, one of the questions we want to ask, what are the type of people that we want to build relationships with? Those that will, you know, those where it's almost a competition to see who can serve the other one first, or those that you have to kind of kick in the shins and say, Hey, are you going to help me out here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's gotta be, uh, A medium in there that can that we can use to create consistency, and to me that's the individual looking for ways to connect others. And I'll give you an example. Last week we got a meeting with a referral, um, and this is a brand new business. They're eight months old. It's a, a SaaS business, but it's really taking data and crunching the data and coming up with uh, critical information about inventory and customers and their buying patterns and getting rid of old inventory and turning it faster and keeping more of us. so it's kind of an inventory management system. And this guy came from an incredible background of supply chain, inventory control and labor. And as we got to talking about it, I mean, obviously working with a couple hundred different businesses. It doesn't take me long to understand the business model and the, and the business proposition. And at 15 minutes, I'm like, I get it. You're not ready for us. That's fine. But I know five people right now that come to my head that I'm going to introduce you to before the end of the day. And I did. And I sent those five emails and I made the introduction and I explained why I made that introduction. And that's just what we should all be doing. And so based on that, it creates karma for you, right? So obviously I do my best to ask for referrals as well. But since last Thursday, I got three referrals out of the blue that I didn't ask for from people that we've known in the past. So the more you focus on that, the more you give and you got to give without expectation of giving something back. Yeah. And to me, there's not enough of that going on in the sales world. There's not enough of the incentives to cause salespeople to do that from leadership. There's not enough coaching to salespeople about those things. And I mean, that is the easiest, fastest way to get business is, is to get referrals, but to get them, you got to give them. And so don't be shy about giving them just give, 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 and it will come back to you tenfold.
1: Yeah. 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 There's, um, I've got a friend here in, in Austin and we were, we were having lunch together and, you know, we were doing the little tussle over who was going to, who was going to buy lunch and everybody
0: got alligator arms. <laughs> no, <laughs> the no, bill no, bill. no.
1: It's uh, who could grab the, who could grab the check the fastest. Gotcha. And, uh, this fellow named Jude Sampson I'm going to call him out intentionally here because, uh, Jude is a heck of a guy. And, um, and Jude Sampson said something they will never forget. He said, my dad taught me that if I'm always the one that buys dinner or buys lunch, I will never go hungry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The same philosophy, you know, give, 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 and then whatever you want out of life, you'll get back if you give it first. Whether you want love, you want money, you want friendship, you want compassion, whatever it is, that's just a... a a a life principle, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that in the
1: context of sales, because, you know, there's when, when you're going in and you're you're trying to do a sale, uh, yeah, you probably have a quota hanging over your head, or maybe you're a business owner and, you know, you have a, you have a wife that has trips that she wants to take grandkids. she, She wants to lavish upon. And, you know, so when you're in that moment, it's easy to let that pressure of closing overwhelm you instead of yeah. giving. How do you advise people to navigate that?
0: You know, that's a, a fantastic question because that's, that's a lot of the principal led businesses that are doing most of the sales. They have intrinsic value that their sales teams don't. And obviously, they're good at it or they wouldn't stay in business. But they never really learned how to take what they do and break it down and transfer it to their team to scale it. And so from a principal led business owner who is also selling that pressure comes from different places, right? It's, it's sometimes, you know, you got to satisfy the bank. Sometimes you got to get payroll. Sometimes you got to, you know, buy a new piece of equipment. You got to have some capital, um, and and those pressures are different. Um, but when it's when it comes down to it, we have to put all that aside. And, and even as a salesperson, when we're in a call, we have to put all, all that aside and our focus should be right on our, our prospect, our potential client. It, it's not what can this client do for me and how can I make this deal happen so I can get the money? It's what can I truly do to help them accomplish what they wanna accomplish? and i think that's a missing piece sometimes and so we we spend a lot of time talking about urgency and you know obviously when you're in those pressurized financial personal situations it's challenging but it it tends to cause people to present too soon to present too much to force the deal to you know kind of do things that are going to put that prospect off and so it's really self sabotage And so you have to put that aside, put it in a box, lock it in your car when you get out or go throw up in the closet before your meeting on Zoom, you know, get it out, but focus on that client. And so the way to create urgency for the client prospect is to slow down, is to ask more questions, to help them truly find compelling reasons why they need to do this. And those aren't our reasons. Those are their reasons. But they have to hear their mouth through their ears say that. And that means we have to be really acute at listening so we know what questions to ask. And then it means that we have to be patient and slow down the sales call. And the way to create urgency for ourselves is to have incredibly strong, high mandatory goals i mean things that you have to accomplish because you made it so mandatory right it, it's like the mountain climber who said i'm going to climb that mountain today and you know they get three quarters up the mountain and their muscles are filled with lactic acid and they they can't move and they're locking up but they said they were going to do it and so they fight through that and they get there or the marathon runner that hits the wall at mile 14 or 16 they have to work through it. And and oftentimes we find that people just bail or yeah. they self-sabotage. So in answer to your question, I think we have to take those pressures and put them aside, focus on the prospect, slow down the sales call, ask 50 more questions and stop trying to present our solution too quick. You know, a, a tool I used for
1: myself, uh, I used, a, I don't use it anymore, and I probably should, it's, it's called Dialpad meetings. Mm. And the, one of the things I like about it is when the call is over, it sends me an email with a summary of who talked, how much. Yeah, And when I, you know, when I was trying to figure out how to sell for myself, I'd walk away from a one hour meeting and discover
0: I, I spoke 40 minutes and you learn from that and you don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Telling is not selling. We all heard that. Um. And, and it really is to stop doing that. We have to be patient. We have to listen. And and that's so hard for us because, you know, salespeople with experience, business owners with experience, we can go in to meet with a client and typically when the first five to 10 minutes we already know what is going to help them and what solution we want to talk about and how we're going to, you know, orchestrate this implementation or whatever and how it's going to affect our teams, our developers, our, you know, product line, or, you know, whatever it is. But we have to be patient and stop thinking about that and just listen. Um, Years ago, we were working with a, a marine air conditioning firm. And so one of the things that we do is go in and do analysis and evaluations up front of, you know, what are the strengths, skills, weaknesses, challenges, systems, processes, you know, what, what really is the cause of the lack of sales growth? And this CEO wanted to complete a sales questionnaire. And we're like, no, it's not really for you. I mean, you're, you're the owner. It's a $40 million business and, you know, you don't really sell. No, I want to do it. I want to see it. So came back to review and of course he wanted to see his first. So we look at his and he's like, well, this doesn't paint me in a very good light. This is not saying I'm a very good sales guy, but I'm the best sales guy here. I'm like, well, of course you are, but you're not selling every day. And if you remember when you started the questionnaire, it asked you to put your sales hat on. And so when you were completing the questionnaire, what were you thinking about? Well, you know, I read this question. I was thinking about this dome we're putting on the Disney ship. And then I was thinking about this, Uh, yacht and this, you know, all the the lines we had to run and the vents and how that was going to be engineered. And then this other question made me think about, you know, this uh, deal we're working on with China and, and this, and I'm like, okay, so if you're a salesperson and you're in front of a prospect and you're thinking about those things during the sales call, does that help you get the desired outcome? He's like, no, I guess it doesn't. I'm like, so if your salespeople are doing that, they can't be listening. And they're focused on the service after the sale instead of helping the client solve their problems. It was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I get that. Okay, let's look at the rest of them. So anyway, we wound up working with them for about a year and a half and uh, great results. But yeah, you're you're so right, Craig. It's It's what are we thinking about versus what are they thinking about And we need to be thinking about what they're thinking about, not what we're thinking about. Yeah. You
1: know, somebody else kind of going back to Roy Williams, somebody that's in Roy's world is, uh, do do you know the Eisenbergs, Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg?
0: I've heard of them. I've never met.
1: So Brian says, you won't achieve your goals until your customer achieves theirs.
0: Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, and I'm a firm believer that we can't get what we want out of life until we help other people get what they want. And as soon as we put others first and we help them get what they want, everything will come to us, you know. And, and especially in that advertising media world, um, the salespeople churn, you know. Average lifespan might be 18 months. They get an account list, they go call on them. They just repeat the business. They don't expand it. They don't try to really help modify. They don't really, you know, it's more about, oh, we have a Super Bowl package coming up. Y'all, everybody go sell this. And we worked in that world for a long time with a lot of different radio, TV and newspaper and other media outlets. And they're all the same. They're very incestuous. And when you look at what Roy has done in that media world, just an icon. And obviously all the stuff I learned from him, I was able to take and, you know, really kind of help these uh, sales teams to look at it from a different perspective. You know, it's not just, hey, what does it cost and how much is my spot? It's what are you trying to do with your business and how are you really looking at marketing as part of that? So whether it's you know advertising or whether it's software or whether it's you know distribution or anything else, everybody has a value proposition and all the competitors look and sound the same. The difference is can that individual salesperson help that business owner see something different than they've already seen about their own business and what they could do to improve it yeah yeah well, tell me a little bit about your business and and what you do and how you help people. Well, thanks for asking. I've been waiting all day for that. (laughs) Um, I got into the sales development business kind of by accident. Uh, As we talked about a little earlier before the show, I I took a class, you know, kind of how to win friends and influence people. And I just loved it. It made a huge difference in my life. Personally, um, I grew tremendously from it. And I wound up going to work with them. And from there, kind of capped out a couple, two, three years later, uh, moved over to a national franchise organization that just focused on sales. That was really kind of where I enjoyed working with organizations. Uh, That was back in 95. And then from there, uh, did really well, but kind of needed to do something different. Started a sales recruiting business um nationalized that franchise that that was called sales kingdom then we sold that and went kind of focused back on just the sales development world but we've always helped our clients with you know identifying and attracting and interviewing and onboarding and keeping stronger salespeople because that revenue engine is what makes the business work and you know, working with sales teams, there's always going to be somebody coming or going, and that's disruptive to the business. And organizations just don't know how to do that. They tend to hire people like they hire, or salespeople like they hire anybody else. And and that just doesn't work. So we spend a lot of time with organizations, uh, not only in sales development and helping them really take their team to the next level and grow 10, 20, 30%, sometimes more, Uh, and and the key to that is really the, the leadership's ability to hold people accountable. Mm. And if they're not willing to do that, then it's a waste of time and money. And I don't mean hardcore, you know, you must do this big brothers looking Mm. over your shoulder and bullying people. It's really helping individuals see their own path forward and raising the bar for them and helping them and then helping them see the company as the vehicle to them accomplish what they want in their personal life. And when you can make that marriage, man, it, it's wonderful. And then, of course, on the sales hiring side, um, we're always looking to help companies raise the bar for that. So anything on the sales side uh, of the business, um, we really help people with. We are obviously have a different perspective after working with all the different businesses and people and models. We, we kind of are able to take the best practices from others and apply it and shortcut that cycle to success. I mean, most of the people we work with are going to be successful anyway, but can you get there faster? Can we be a catalyst? Can we give you the tools to keep you from going through trial and error and having costly mistakes? And that's really where we focus. Typically, you know, any business that, and it's not, we get the question a lot, Craig, is what kind of companies do you work with? Well, to me, it's not the kind of company. It's the mindset of the leader. And if the leader is really looking to grow and they believe that their sales organization is what's going to help them get to the next level, get through that transition, whatever it is, uh, help them exit faster with more then those are the kind of people we work with. Sometimes it's the underdog of the market. Um, Sometimes it's the, you know, global company that, you know, needs to get everybody on the same page. So. It varies. And that's what I love about doing this. Every day is different. Every business is different. Every business leader is different. And and to me, that's kind of what makes sales so difficult because there's no two selling situations exactly alike. So you can't apply, you know, like an accounting, you can't go, okay, this is the program. These are the tools. This is the columns, you know, it's not engineering. You've got the people factor (laughs) and people are messy, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I love that. People are messy. Yeah. Well, excellent. Um well what a neat discussion. Um uh, the um you know, I think people should reach out to you. Where how do they reach you?
0: Uh there's only one Rocky Legrone. You can just go to Google, type in Rocky Legrone, or if you can remember, go to www.salesdevelopmentexpert.com. com. Um, Just a little plug, we just put together a white paper for sales hiring trends for 2024. So if you're in the sales hiring world, we're hosting a webinar tomorrow on the five skills that are required for sales teams to grow in economic and challenging environments. Um, So Rocky LeGrone, you'll only see one online. And then Craig, it looks like you're kind of wrapping up. So before you do, I want to ask you, what can I do for you? Oh, that's awesome. Well,
1: one, um, you know,
0: I um
1: we we want the podcast to impact as many lives. So uh when this goes live, please uh share it broad and broadly and Absolutely. um we're we're you know and, and you know let me answer more directly because I haven't really addressed this live. We're you know, the tribe that we're building around leaders and legacies is about um, business owners. We're we're looking to talk to business owners, not not CEOs that were hired by somebody else that's running someone else's company. We're right. we're talking to business owners that are growing uh, their businesses and facing the challenges everybody else is facing, so they can learn from people like you, Rocky, on the you know the the real challenges that they're facing. So yes. thank you for so you're that. Talking
0: about maybe the welding supply company that's looking to you know open a third or fourth branch you're looking for uh the plumbing organization that's looking to add five more trucks you're looking for the business owner that somehow developed this crazy software that's starting to take off and they need resources to continue to help them grow you're talking about young just entrepreneurs day. that yep. that really have the desire to build a business yeah Exactly. Awesome.
1: Everyday entrepreneurs. Well, and Rocky, thank you for being a part of that that crowd. And thank you for telling that story here on Leaders and Legacies.
0: Well, Craig, again, thank you. Uh, my hat's off to you with what you're doing. I know that's an underserved market and uh, the resources you're providing for them will be great now and to come. And if you have the recordings, um, obviously people go back and learn stuff that they didn't come to live. So thank you for all you're doing. I appreciate it.
1: This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag leaders and legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you wanna know more, Please go to alliesforme.com or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.